I learned something of courage, integrity, and Indian affairs. This in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. Frontier Gentlemen. an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you this latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Stars twinkle in the eyes of Mitch Miller every Sunday night over CBS Radio. Every Sunday, a galaxy of the brightest stars in the entertainment firmament shine when they visit Mitch and tell their intimate stories of their lives, their offbeat humorous anecdotes, and the truth about careers which rival fiction. Authors, artists, singers, and musicians, you really reach the stars when you join Mitch Miller Sundays over most of these stations. Don't miss CBS Radio's Mitch Miller Show tonight. <laughs> Starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. A few weeks ago in Deadwood, I had attended the trial of a Sioux policeman named Crow Dog. He had killed a great chief, Spotted Tail, and refused to offer any defense for his crime. The man was convicted and sentenced to hang. When I returned from Cheyenne following the horse race, I found a message at my hotel asking me to call at my earliest convenience on Mr. Harry Cum, whom I remember to be Crow Dog's attorney. I went immediately to his office. Oh, uh, Mr. Kendall? Yes. I recall seeing you at the trial. Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. <laughs> I understand you're to be uh, congratulated. Oh, <laughs> you mean winning the race? Well, I was lucky. Uh, you made quite a name for yourself between here and Cheyenne. Oh, I had good advice and a good horse. Oh, modesty, modesty. <laughs> I shall refrain from embarrassing you further. Now, let me speak of the subject at hand. You're a newspaper correspondent, are you not, Mr. Kendall? As I understand, writing for the uh, London Times. Yes. I assume that you've attended trials in the past, both here and in England. Several. Well, our procedures are perhaps somewhat crude in comparison to those you have witnessed, but I believe for the most part honest endeavors in the name of the law. And if you're referring to Crow Dog's trial, I think it was fair, yes. Ah, but justice it was not, sir. He didn't kill Spotted Tail? Yes, sir. Yes, he killed him. But why? Why? Are you suggesting self-defense? The white man's connotation, no. But to a Sioux, to Crow Dog... Perhaps, yes. You didn't mention anything like that during the trial. I couldn't. I was honor-bound not to. Crow Dog had sworn me to secrecy. In divulging what I believe to be true, you must give me your word of honor to respect the confidence, sir. Of course, but I don't see In what... In order to what... save my client, Mr. Kendall, to put it bluntly, well, I wish you to intercede. How? What could I do? Well, sir, perhaps through the use of your great newspaper... I must exhaust every possibility to save Crow Dog. Time's growing short. Now, first, let me uh, tell you of the circumstances in the crime. 
Of course, you recall the victim spotted tale. Oh, yes. He was one of the chiefs who went to Washington for the conference in 1870, wasn't he? Exactly. Spotted yes. tail, sitting bull, right. red clouds, yes. swift bear. A dozen more of the great chiefs. I remember. Yes. I shall not go into the devious maneuverings of plot, counterplot, jealousies. But suffice to say, uh, there were factions within the Sioux Nation constantly at war with each other, as well as the white man. Well, I... Now, uh, just uh, bear with me, sir. We come now to Crazy Horse. After his capture and treacherous imprisonment, he tried to escape and was killed. Uh, murdered, perhaps, is the better word. Oh, well, I, I'm afraid I don't follow you. What has this to do with Spotted Tail and Crow Dog? It was the followers of Spotted Tail who seized Crazy Horse, held him while the soldier bayoneted the chief. And Spotted Tail was an enemy of Crazy Horse? Mm, there are those who say so. Envy, hatred. And Crow Dog killed Spotted Tail for revenge. Huh? It's possible. Was Crow Dog a follower of Crazy Horse? I, I don't know. But you said he swore you to secrecy. He must have told you... Oh, he told me nothing. All that I have stated is surmise, sir. But I had reason to feel that it was close enough to the truth. I I took it to Crow Dog and suggested that we use it in his defense. Ah, he refused. Did he admit that it was true? Oh, he denied nothing, admitted nothing. All that he would say was that were such a defense to be used, it would rekindle the flames of jealousy, even war between the nations. And he still wouldn't tell you why he killed Spotted Tail. No, no, no. Perhaps inadvertently I'd stumbled on the reason. Now, according to Sioux custom, Crow Dog made a settlement with the relatives of the dead man. But because of Spotted Tail's importance, the government decided to prosecute Crow Dog. Mm. When is the day of execution? Well, sir, unless my plea for a stay is allowed, it's next week, Monday. Well, do you think of the facts, at least as you believe them to be, if they were known, it would make a difference? Well, it may, it might. But even were I to send my story to London, it would be weeks, even months before it's printed. Oh, I realize that, sir. But I thought that uh, you might have some influence with the authorities in uh, Washington. Oh, no, no, not the slightest. Now, the only thing I can suggest is that you try to make Crow Dog tell the truth as to why he killed Spotted Tail. I'm afraid it's useless. He's not afraid to die. In fact, he'd rather do so than divulge whatever reason he had for the killing. I don't think it would be much use, at least not to Crow Dog, but I should very much like to see him. Well, sir, I might be able to arrange that. If you'll talk to me, there's always a possibility that something will slip out. Hmm. Well, I'll go down and see John Molson. He's the jailer. A fair man. I'm sure he'll consent to the interview. The next evening, accompanied by Mr. Clum, I went to the jailhouse and there met John Molson, who had given his permission for us to see Crow Dog. I wish to show all the prisoners was as easy to handle as that engine. Make my work a lot easier. Uh, has he talked to you much, John? No, sir. Just polite is all. Uh, thanks for whatever little thing I can do to make his last days comfortable. These fine evenings, I give him leave to sit around in the courtyard. Ain't no call to leave a man locked up while he waits to die. Aren't you afraid he might try to escape? I asked him to give his word on that. He gave it. I trust him. Well... You will be uh, wanting to see him. Oh, uh, Mr. Kendall, uh, on second thought, I think perhaps it would be best if I weren't present when you uh, interview him. You might not say anything at all, then. Tell him that I sent you. We're good friends. Well, shall I mention what we discussed? As a last resort, yes. Although he'll know I broke a confidence, but if you feel it would be helpful, by all means, yes. After all, sir, I am trying to save his life. I'll uh, just wait here, John. Sure, Mr. Clown. 
Hey, Crow Dog. I got a visitor to see. Do you ever say, I have a good memory for faces, but names? Well, then, how about recognizing voices? Could you identify a famous personage just by his voice? That's what Morning Amsterdam, Orson Bean, Dagmar, and Ralph Story will try to do today on Says Who. Maybe you can place the voice before the panel does when CBS Radio brings you Says Who over most of these stations. In any case, you can place the laughter because it'll be yours as you enjoy the sallies of the panel presided over by Henry Morgan on Says Who. Today, on many of these same stations. Dog was a man of indeterminate age. Possibly because of his incarceration and the strain of waiting for execution, he appeared older than he actually was. He sat on a tree stump, a worn blanket wrapped about his shoulders, watching the lengthening shadows engulf the sunlit wall of the courtyard. As we approached, he looked up, then got to his feet, standing quietly. A little nod to his jailer, Molson. Hey, Crow Dog, this fellow's Kendall. He writes on a newspaper a long, long way off, over big seas, a place called England. He's a friend of Mr. Clum. You are a friend of Mr. Clum? Yes. I said I'd like to talk to you, and he thought that you wouldn't mind. I not mind. I'll leave you fellas to powwow. Come on back to the office when you're through, Kendall. Right. Mr. Clum in good health? Yes. I not see him these past days. And he's working very hard to get you a stay of execution. He not be able to. I will die. Where did you learn to speak such good English, Crow Dog? Many places. I was interpreter between chiefs and soldiers. I learned more on reservation and when I become policeman. Mm. I was at your trial, and I've often wondered why you'd give no reason for what you did. The sun is almost gone. It becomes cool. We will walk, if you not mind. Not at all. These walls, almost every day I see them. They grow closer to me. The courtyard is smaller. Have you got a family, Crow Dog? Yeah, family. Many relations. They are on reservation. Have they come to see you? No. This is a shame that cannot be. The white man's prison is not good place for family of Crow Dog. It is better for them to see me, remember me in other places at other times. You did kill Spotted Tail, didn't you? Yeah, I kill him. Do you think Mr. Clum is right in trying to save you from hanging? I kill as a Sioux. This a thing no white man can understand. Now... I die in the white man's way, the thing no Sioux understands. If you could go free, would you tell the truth as to why you killed Spotted Tail? No. It was a thing between us for no other ears. Was it because of Crazy Horse? Mr. Clum give his word to me. He has broken it. He wants to save you. He thought I might be able to help. He has told no one else. 
When he gave his word, I trusted him as I would trust few white men. You can still trust him. The time for him to have broken his word was at the trial. He didn't do so. You can't blame him because he wants to help you now before it's too late. He think what he wishes about Crazy Horse. I have nothing to say. Will you tell Mr. Molson there's a chill? I am ready to go inside. Yes. I wish I could do something to help you, Crow Dog. There is no need. I thank you. Goodbye. He'd have been longer. Uh, he said he was getting cold, wanted to go back inside. I'll take care of it. I'll be right back. Well, Mr. Kendall, would he say anything? Nope. You mentioned Crazy Horse? Yes, I think it was a mistake. He seemed to feel worse about you breaking your word than the fact he was going to hang. Uh, perhaps it was wrong, I don't know. It was a small hope at best. Except now I suppose he feels that he's lost his last friend. On what grounds have you applied for a stay of execution? <sighs> Flimsy. Terribly weak. If the government is determined that he shall hang, and I'm afraid they are, there's no chance. I based it upon the fact that he had satisfied tribal law by paying the settlement. That if tribal custom forbade him giving just and good reason for his act, that in itself is mitigating circumstance calling for a new trial. You know, from what I've seen out here, Mr. Clum, it must be very difficult to enforce your laws on the Indians. Oh, for both sides, sir, for both sides. We to impress our wills, they to understand why we do it. <laughs> Crow Dog said something like that when I was talking to him. Hmm. I sometimes wonder whether we're right, sir. We cheat, we lie to them and kill them, and then under the guise of Christianity, of civilization, we bring them to trial because they, they dare to emulate Andrews, us. Where is he? Crow Dog. What? Right, he, uh, in the courtyard, I left him there. He's not there no more. He... Oh, cussed, suck egg dog of a Sioux, he's broke his word. I, I might have known. Never trust an engine. He's gone over the wall. Seven nights a week is The World Tonight, summarizing the state of the world and peace around it. Lighting up the day's top features, frequently pinpointing the humor and the human interest underlying the day's top news. The World Tonight is the perfect way to finish your day fully informed. Listen tonight on CBS Radio for The World Tonight, coming your way on most of these same stations. A posse of deputies was hurriedly rounded up. They searched Deadwood and the outlying areas throughout the entire night, but Crow Dog had disappeared. The next morning, Mr. Clum and I were called down to John Molson's jail office. Another man was seated, obviously waiting for us. He chewed on a sliver of wood and had an odd habit of keeping his head lowered and watching us under the brim of his hat. His name was Gene Geddes. His badge proclaimed him a deputy marshal. I hear it was you, Kendall, was the last to see him. That's right. Did he give you any idea what he had in mind? Not that I can think of. Well, now, there's an important government prisoner escape. My job's to get him back for hanging, ain't that so, Molson? Yep. So if that engine said anything to you, maybe give us an idea where he's going. Well, that's what I want to hear about. 
Sorry, I can't help you. Well, what'd you talk about? His trial, testimony, or lack of it. I guess he told you he's innocent. They always are. No, as a matter of fact, no, he didn't. He spoke as his family. I asked if they had visited him. He said no. He didn't want them to see him in prison. Family, huh? I'll give you odds. That's where he's going, then. To the reservation? Sure. Figures the rest of his kind will hide him out. Well, don't worry, Molson. I'll bring him back by hanging day. Uh, would you object if I rode with you? Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Kendall. This is government business. Well, I'm an accredited correspondent for the London Times. I'm going to write a report on this, and I'd rather get my information firsthand than to write what I'll have to imagine, you know. That's well, all right with me if the marshal says so. You'll have to see him first. The marshal was impressed with my credentials and had heard about my race from Deadwood to Cheyenne. I was given permission to accompany Geddes to the reservation. We left that afternoon. Is that the horse you won the race with? Yes. Don't look like he could have done it. He did. How come you're so interested in that engine, crow dog? I'd like to find out why he killed Spotted Tail. And after meeting him, I'd rather not see him hang. Well, mister, you being English and all, I guess you don't know about these people. I guess I'm being soft in the head to call them people, savages, near to animals or not. You ever fight them? I've had to, once or twice. You ever see what they do to folks? Women, children? It's not pleasant. Of course, I'm with you on one thing. Don't seem to matter if an Indian scalps another, but they got to learn the law. Keep them on the reservation and teach them the law. It's the only way. The only way for what? For peace. We licked them in war, now we got to keep them licked. Now, you take this crow dog. Like as not, he's got himself good and drunk by now. Maybe done some more killing. Next thing you know, he'll up and fight, man. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, you don't, huh? Well, I've seen raiding parties fresh off the reservation. I've seen what they've done to miners and settlers. Why do you think they do it? Why? Because they're no good red sons of guns. They ain't got no more mine than a rattlesnake. I'm telling you. The biggest mistake we made was signing a peace. We should have killed every last one of them. Then there'd be no more trouble. They ain't human. Do you mind if I ask you something? Why? Why do you hate Indians so much? Because a war party of Sioux killed my wife and two kids five years ago. They had to have a little fun first so they didn't die quick. That reason enough for you? His face livid, Geddes spurred his horse forward and rode on in front of me. That night we camped. We didn't say much to each other. There wasn't anything to say. He was a man dedicated to the extermination of Indians. He'd already told me his reasons. I had no inclination to argue with him. Two days later, we arrived at the reservation. Our presence was greeted with hostile silence, and it was some time before we gained the information as to where we could find the family lodge of Crow Dog. When we reached it, there was not a soul in sight. They knew we was coming. We was ten miles off. How much you want to bet one of them's got Crow Dog hiding out? Well, I wouldn't want to bet. Let's have a look inside his lodge first. Well, that's a waste of time. You better keep your gun handy. They ain't beyond taking a scalp when there's a chance. Mr. Kendall. Huh. Crow Dog. 
It's good to see you again. On your feet, Injun. Put away gun, white man. I am unarmed. That's good. Come on. No. I'm taking you back for hanging, Injun. That's the law. That's the law that if you try and stop me, I'll put a bullet right between your eyes. I've come back here to say goodbye to family and relations. When that is finished, I return to Deadwood and the hanging. You're going now. White man, you are on reservation. There are many Indians here. You kill me, it does not matter. I must die, as your law has said. But kill me here, and you and Mr. Kendall will both die. Engine, I'm telling you for the last Listen to what he's saying, Geddes. Don't be a fool. Mr. Kendall, I give my word. I go back. I believe you. You siding in with him, you an engine lover? I don't feel like dying because you want to kill this man. I'd rather take his word. Stinking engine. Old place stinks of engine. Well, it don't matter to me. If he won't come peaceable now, the soldiers will catch up with him. I'm getting out. You go too, Mr. Kendall. Yes. I trust you, Crow Dog. I want you to know that Mr. Clum and I both trust you. We don't feel the way Geddes does. When I have said farewells, I go back. Geddes didn't return to Deadwood with me. He stopped at a stage station and proceeded to get very drunk. I stayed with him for a day, then decided to go on alone. Mr. Clum wasn't in his office when I rode into Deadwood, so I went down to the jailhouse. He was there with Molson and a third man, Crow Dog. How are you, Kendall? Where's Geddes? Oh, he'll be here later, a little trouble with his horse. Oh. Hello, Crow Dog. Glad to see you safe, Mr. Kendall. I'm glad to see you, Crow Dog. You not expect to, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure I would have blamed you. In white man's eyes, I was a murderer. We must live as the white man tells us. So, I come back. Then you'd better return at once to the reservation, Crow Dog. Yeah, I go. Uh, go? What, what are you talking about? A pardon, Mr. Kendall. While he was gone, a pardon came. Crow Dog is a free man. Mr. Clum was never able to find out just why the pardon had been granted. Perhaps it was in part due to his eloquent appeal, and then again, the Indian agency may have felt an injustice had been done. It didn't really matter. For whatever reason, Crow Dog had gone home. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, Joseph Kearns, Stacey Harris, and Jack Moyles. again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentleman, Bud Sewell speaking. <laughs>